The following teaching is brought to you by Crosspoint Church. For sermon notes and other resources, visit go to crosspoint.com. The Crosspoint team, this Crosspoint Kingdom Outpost, we're here on this weekend to tell you a couple things. First of all, you ain't seen nothing yet. You thought the first half was good. The second half, we're going to blow the roof off the place, literally today. And even for us as a life, as a church, even for you in your life, if things have been going bad for you, forget about all that. God's got new, great, beautiful things he wants to do. If you've got success and things are going fantastic for you today, God's going to go, hey, hold on. You just be prepared. I'm about to blow the doors off the place. I'm about to blow your minds. In Isaiah 43, verse 7, he does it big, kind of, everybody, like a coach in a locker room at halftime, huddle up in here. Get in here. Isaiah 43, verse 7 says this, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. He's saying this, Before we talk about what I'm going to do for you and through you and with you and in you, before we talk about any of that, I want you to get really clear on your identity, on who you are. Because it's not about just what you do or what God does for you. If you get who God is and you get who you are, and more important, you get not just who you are, you get whose you are. That you belong to someone. You live for not your glory, not your fame. As a church, we, we don't live for cross points glory, cross points label, cross points brand. This is all kinds of people discovering and following Jesus. That Jesus is central to everything we are, everything we do. And so part of that, what it means to live for God's glory, people go, what does it mean to glorify God? To sing songs and just go whatever. And certainly it means that. But it means so much more than that. What it means this is to make and keep Jesus famous. To help people understand who Jesus is so that more and more people want to come and discover and follow who he is. And we do that by, by two primary ways. The first way is by proclamation. And the second way is by our practice, by our words and our deeds. And we have to have both of those things going on. We're telling you today, before we talk about how God, what God wants to do in your life personally... What God wants to do in our life collectively as a church, get really clear on who you are and whose you are. That we live not for our glory, but for God's glory. And God says, look, you want to live for my glory because you're not up to it. You live for your glory? Please. It's, it's, you're you're going to make a mess out of things when you live for your own glory, for your own fame. He says in verse 10, you have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There has never been and there will never be. We have a song we sing around here all the time like that. There has never been, there will never be a God like you, a one so true. Yes, I am the Lord. There is no other Savior. First, I predicted your rescue and then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. He says, you've been chosen to know me, to believe in me, to understand me. And there's never been and never be anybody like me. No matter what you think, what the culture is going to tell you, what Amazon tells you, what all the dating websites tell you, if you could just get that thing or that person a thing, you look, it's never going to do it for you. You've got to get really clear there's never been a God like me who is un stoppable. Here, I predicted things are going to happen, and they happen. Nobody else can do that. He says, you have an unstoppable God, and be no one's like me. 
No one ever has been, never ever will be. Now here's the tricky part about this. When the people of God are hearing this message, they're at a place called Babylon, most of them, or some of them are still back in Israel, but Babylon, the world's superpower, came in and burned their capital to the ground, demolished Jerusalem, killed thousands and thousands of people, took, took a bunch of people back to Babylon, and they're in exile. It's terrible having to worship the false gods and all their culture, everything that's their identity has been stripped away. So when they hear right now that I'm an unstoppable God and that no one can stop me, they're going, really? It doesn't feel like that right now. That may be some of you today. You came to church here today and some of you came all charged up. Yeah, we're excited about this. Some of you are going, hmm. It doesn't feel like God's very unstoppable right now. Because in some ways it feels like psh, it's just over. That maybe at one point, maybe you're like this. There was at one point in your life, in your marriage, with your kids, your relationship with God, with your business, with your finances, where it was like, man, remember those days way back in the day? Ooh, it was awesome and amazing. Kind of go, it's just kind of over. So I just, all I have is nostalgia that sets in for that. God says, I'm about to blow your mind. And what he does here in the next few verses is he reminds us to remember. For those of you that want to take notes today, uh, we're not going to have a lot of fill-in-the-blank kind of things. We oftentimes have those. Uh, there may be things here and there on the back of your program. Uh, you can take that out and jot some things down if you want. But look at verse 14 now. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, for your sakes I will send an army against Babylon, that place that you thought is unstoppable. Because it doesn't feel like God's unstoppable. You know who feels unstoppable right now? Babylon feels unstoppable. The world feels unstoppable. My ex feels unstoppable. My, whatever it might be. Forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned their lives, snuffed out, like a smoldering candlewick. Here's the deal today. Some of you are at places where you feel overwhelmed and you wonder, is it over? God wants to tell you today, it's not over till I say it's over. And what God wants to tell you is some of you are in places where it feels like it's over or you're up against overwhelming circumstances and it's not your fault. Some of you are in overwhelming circumstances and it's absolutely your fault. And then sometimes it's a kind of a mixture of all that, uh, kind of all mixed together. When he says... Here, he, he reminds them of the time when they were slaves in Egypt. And they've been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Those of you that are Jewish by culture or by practice, whatever, uh, there's the Passover that everybody celebrates every year in the Jewish culture and the community, where they talk about the time when God in his judgment passed over and people died like crazy in Egypt. God had stretched out his hand to say, I have had it with you. Let my people go. And he says, the last one's going to be a bad one. The angel of death came through, but passed over the Israelites and death didn't come to them. And then Egypt said, get out of our country, leave. A million plus Israelites left Egypt from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. It was awesome and beautiful and amazing going, yeah, God's on our side. God's unstoppable. No one can stop God. And all of a sudden, there's a big, huge body of water here. And the superpower army coming after them. You're going, God's unstoppable. God, wouldn't it have been better if we just stayed in Egypt? We're going to be slaughtered out here. A million just slaughtered corpses here in the wilderness out here. They were at a place where it felt overwhelming 
and impossible, but it wasn't their fault. It was just evil circumstances. Now, they're in Babylon right now and oppressed by Babylon. That is their fault because God had over and over and over again for hundreds of years had told them, hey, me and me alone. Remember, I'm the one who did this for you. And what are you out there worshiping the false gods and engaging in the crazy, bizarre, demonically inspired religious practices of the culture around you? What are you doing? And yet over and 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 over again, he warned them, and they just didn't do it. And finally, he said, that's it. And Babylon came and destroyed their culture. So they're a place right now where it feels like it's over. God wants you to hear today, whether it's somebody else's fault, life just happened to you, or it's absolutely your fault. It's not over. He reminds them, I'm the unstoppable God. It's amazing and beautiful. And that's why it's important for us to remember how great God is and what he's done for us. Uh, I encourage you guys at least once a year to get a piece of paper out on the top of that paper, write down how old you are, and then come up with that many things that you're grateful for, specifically who God is and what he's done for you. You look back and see what he's done for you. I'm on my list. I've got all kinds of crazy great things in there. One of them is, man, God saved me. We sometimes go, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. No, God saved me. God didn't save me out of rebellion. He saved me out of religious rebellion because I thought it was pretty cool because I was a tightly wound, firstborn compliant child. I was perfect. I did everything right, sort of. <laughs> For me also, I have on there uh, what God's done with, with money in my life. Uh, Denise and my, and my kids, the marriage. The kids, sometimes you have your kids and then your kids make you crazy for a while or get really involved in some stuff and watch what God did. We've seen that happen here in the last few months here, especially at Crosspoint. Some kids, some families have turned, have been God's turned some things around you. When you celebrate those kind of things that happen, when you have health scares or difficult trials that you go through, you want to celebrate and remember, especially if you feel overwhelmed right now, God's been there before. He's done some things before for me. He got me through before. He will do it again. Some of what you should celebrate today is that for some of you, you're still sucking oxygen today. Because some of you shouldn't be sitting in a church service on uh, Sunday in February. You shouldn't be here. Uh, you, you've done enough stuff that you should have been dead a couple times in your life. Uh, and you're still here. And, and not just dead because you got involved in crazy, risky things. Some of you, it's a wonder God didn't kill you for how rebellious you were. And some of you don't like that. I go, that's just the deal, man. Sometimes it's just crazy, it's weird, it's crazy, bizarre like that. So you want to celebrate the good things that God has done. We have given you guys a chance, though, this week, last couple weeks, to not just celebrate personally what God's done for you, but in our vision booklet. You can look at it if you want right now. It's got the stories and the, and the fun things that are going on here. What we're doing this weekend is remember what God has done. There, there's a song we sing here that the lyric goes, what he's done, what he's done. I thank God for what he's done. It's not... What I've done, what I've done, I thank God. No, we don't do any of that stuff. It's like, look what God has done in my life. And here, guys, before we start talking about what God's done right here in our kingdom outpost here, outside the walls of this, do you know that over the last year, uh, to international partners and regional groups outside the walls of this particular church, $130,000 you guys gave went out to support international workers and missionaries all over the world. Guys, that's awesome. Um, we partner with a group called Compassion International. And Compassion uh, has this thing where you can sponsor a child, a specific child. And it's not a scam. 
you actually get the child, and they'd write letters to you, and there's people there. Um, guys, and, and for $43 a month, you sponsor a child, and that child gets food, medicine, clothing, health care, education for $43 a month. Right now, as a church, we sponsor 170 children like that. That's over, it's like $90,000 that you guys have given outside the walls of anything that ever comes here. So before we talk about all the great things God's doing here, look what God's doing outside the walls of the church. And I'm really hoping and praying that continues more and more and more. We become an incredibly generous church and partner with uh, people here, there, and everywhere. And then in the last, what's going on here right now? Do you know that since, since uh, November, December, that's like in the last two or three months, our church has grown by 20%. That's 20% more people are coming here right now. And it's exciting to talk about that. Some people came here because the jack-o'-lantern jamboree. There's a picture up here on the screen. Is there one up there? That's some stuff there. Guys, we do that. There's people that showed up here. People became Christians, got baptized here because you showed up there and put dumb costumes on and gave candy out to kids. And you sometimes wonder, what's the point of all that? The point of all that is somebody's life was changed. As I tell these stories today, I want you to keep these in the back of your brain. Because when I get to a point here, I'm going to talk to you about your time, your talent, your money, and your prayer. How you're investing those kind of things here. You don't do it to help the churches do their job. You do it because you make a difference in somebody's life. The people that sit in here in the church. I was talking to people who have been here just four or five weeks. People that are brand new today here. This is a picture of our our church services up here. And we have shots like this where the crowd's full. It's, woo, look at all the faces out there. That picture's up there because we're not just talking about 20% more people. It's you. That one dude, that one girl sitting there and comes to a place and one person starts to understand what it means to discover and follow Jesus. And God becomes real in a life. And that's what you invest your life in here. That's what we're celebrating today and remembering the great things that God has done. Uh, I think of a guy... Uh, that, that showed up here. He's here today. Uh, we'll call him Max because I don't want to embarrass him, but his name is Max. He told, me I could, he told me I could use his story. He showed up here about a month or so ago, and he looks like his life was together. Guys, here in Temecula, everybody looks like their life is together for the most part. People live in nice houses, nice cars. Everything's going, looking great and all that. We're probably leveraged up to here with $80,000 in consumer debt, but that's a different story for a different time. Life's a mess, but it doesn't look like life's a mess. Shows up in here and he said, guys, Steve, I'm not a, he, I met with him, and he said, I'm not an emotional person. All of a sudden, I'm crying. Like emotions, like the worship and the stuff. I go, what is, what is going on here? It's the spirit of God moving in somebody's life. He said he looked down during the worship, though, during the second part of the service where we do worship. And, and Max has a story. Max has stuff going on in his life. And he had all kinds of icons and stuff and big buttons on his. He rides a motorcycle on his big backpack thing there. And one of the buttons says, clear as the F word. And not like mosaic doubt, but right there he's going, and he felt like, I felt bad. He goes, Max, the reason we did this church was for people like you. People whose lives are clear as literally that. <laughs> and to come to discover a God who will take you right where you're at. We've had people uh, in, the last, uh, in the last probably year or so, last year, 13 months, something like that, 50 people here at Crossbane have been baptized. People coming to new and renewed faith. Last week, Diana was here and surprised her mom and dad. Her mom and dad didn't know she was getting baptized. She surprised him getting baptized. Uh, we have pictures up here. I couldn't find the one uh, of Carol. She's sitting somewhere back in here, right there, there in the back. You should talk to Carol afterwards. Uh, Carol got baptized here a few weeks ago. And, you know, I thought Carol was going to cannonball into that baptismal thing. <laughs> and Carol is not young anymore. She's not old. She's just older. 
But she's got a personality, and she was had her arms up in the air, just stoked and excited about that. Today, Taylor is getting baptized. You get to hear her story of what God has done here, guys. All those stories and more, the things that God is, is doing here today, guys. We have um, men and women's ministry. The, the women's tea, that's not just a women's tea for the Crosspoint ladies and girls here, but it's an outreach event to build bridges to the community. The, the stuff we've done in the community with our men's ministry, our kids' ministry back there, the little general store thing they have back there, what, they've doing, what they're doing back there, it's beautiful and amazing. A bunch of our kids, 60 or 70, have a camp right now. Discovering and following Jesus and hearing about that, how their life doesn't have to wait until they get old and make a mess out of their life. They can, they can, they can start right now with Jesus. We have um, people in our groups. This is a picture of one of our groups here. See, guys, we're, we, we see there Jack Sparrow there in the back? With the patch over his head. <laughs> What's beautiful about this, you guys, is that we love you coming sitting in rows in here where stuff happens is sitting in a circle in a family room, in a, in a kitchen, in a dining room, where people get to know you, and you just make friends. And certainly we study the Bible together, we pray together, but what the best thing that happens there is you don't just have acquaintances now. I've had people tell me, it's weird here. They said, I had guys tell me, I love my family, my family is my family, but there's in some way the family I have here, have here is more profound in my life than just my natural family that's out there. And all kinds of things going on there with people Gosh, in our group, we have people have had lost jobs, going through a cancer scares again, people dealing with gnarly, nasty marriage stuff, happening in all kinds of groups. And that doesn't happen in every group. It happens in a lot of them. And sometimes you go, well, why do I want to sign up for one of those? That's kind of a mess. No, it's beautiful. Because I was talking to Danielle, who helps lead the group with Denise and me, Danielle and Eric. And she's been in groups here, and she said, it's kind of weird that I kind of like this. Because it's kind of fun and exciting to... Like stuff's going on here and we're dealing with stuff and people are coming to terms with stuff and we're watching three steps forward, 10 steps back. People stumble and fall, pick them up again. When it gets really super cold in the world, sometimes you just need friends around you to go, here, huddle up in here. We'll keep you warm. You're freezing cold, we'll keep you warm. All that kind of stuff happens in our groups here. Guys, we have had marriages turned around here at Crosspoint. Um, Chris and Stephanie Stout, Adam and Alicia Olson, I got permission to use their names. Uh, some of you know who they are. But it's been, you know, the last year or so, some just life got weird. And you didn't, none of your business what the gory details are. But just stuff was going on. And uh, you watched what happened as they jumped in here. As, as you guys have prayed here, as you serve here, as you invest here, marriages have been rescued and saved. Not just got back to like, mm, well, we're just going to kind of hate each other the rest of our lives and live as roommates, but lives and marriages are being transformed. All those and more. What I love too in all this is I've watched people who have new faith, and the new faith is they were raised around church their whole life. And they did the Sunday school thing and the church thing, and it never became real for them until just recently. And all of a sudden, man, their faith came alive for the first time. And for some people, like, you're here and your faith stays alive because something's happening here. You feel that reinvigoration in your heart, your soul, and a vibrancy that's going on here. All those kind of things and more. You get excited about that and go, wow, that's amazing. Keep that in mind because everything we're asking you to do and be here has to do with the fact that it's one more person that God wants to reach and save and transform their life. So that's the wow, the looking back and going, wow. And then God says in true Tony Soprano fashion, forget about it. Look at it. Actually, it's right there in verse 18. 
But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Don't you see it? He said, look, you, you think this is great. Pal, you ain't seen nothing yet. And he's going to say, be very careful. Because we're not, if we're not careful, we can look back to the glory days and have nostalgia sets in. When I first became a Christian. When I first started serving at a church. When I first, whatever. And nostalgia sets in. We go, oh, the glory days. He says, forget about your past. Some of you need to forget about your past because they're not glory days. It's grimy days. God says, forget about those pasts. Forget about that stuff. But in this context here, he's not saying forget about the bad, the bad, terrible things that have gone on. He says, forget about the good stuff. Because we're not careful. Nostalgia sets in. And God goes, if you're just looking back at what I've done in the past, you know what you're not doing? Over here. He says, forget all that. You think that was great. You ain't seen nothing yet. And remember who he's writing to. People in... Babylon. People in Babylon are saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because, and God says to them, can't you see it? Can't you see it? Can you see it? And they're going, see what? Doesn't feel like anything's happening. Feels like they're just stuck and they're in an awful, nasty, naughty place right there. God says, I'm doing something here. And you may not be able to see it. I'm telling you right now, when God's about to do something in your life as an individual, in your family, with your kids, with your money, with your finances, with you and your small group, with us collectively as a church, it always, always, always starts small in ways when it first starts, you can't see it. We, we literally, I ain't seen nothing yet. I ain't seen nothing yet. God brings them out of Babylon, brings them back to Israel. And they get to rebuild the temple. And as they start to rebuild the temple, there's people there to look at it and go, I remember the glory days when this is awesome and beautiful and amazing. And now it just feels, as they just get started and dig away the rubble and start putting footings in and stuff like that. Whatever. Zechariah 4 verse 10, it'll be up here on the screen, says this. Don't despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work. What's the next word up there? Begin. He rejoices to see it finished. But you know, anything great in your life, I'm about to blow your mind here with this life-changing, soul-altering truth. Anything amazing in your life that, are, that, that, that has happened, you know how it started? It began. Whoa, blow your mind, right? Small, simple little things at the beginning. And we oftentimes want God to go, do big, dramatic, amazing kind of things. I heard a guy say years ago, it takes five years to be an overnight success. We think it all happens at once, and sometimes it feels like that in some people's life. You don't know what God was doing behind the scenes over and over and over again. So sometimes just be excited. And then over in chapter 54 of Isaiah here, get, get up 54. Grant just read it for us. He says, you ain't seen nothing yet. Verse 2, enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense, for you soon will be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations. He says, look, I'm about to do something here and blow your mind. So he tells them, hey, get ready. Back then, they didn't build houses. like They had like tents and stuff. He had pull up the tent stakes. Pull it back here, put some more fabric in this, blow this out. 
you need more room here for what's going to happen. And this is for people that are having children in their family. It would be like for your business. It could be for us as a church, our small groups, all that and more. You know who he writes this to? Look at verse 1. You know who he writes to? To a mom who has no kids and not married yet. Build a bigger tent. Be ready for what God says. Look, you got to get ready. I'm about to bless your life. It's like a farmer that prays, God, would you, would you give us great blessing and great harvest this year? And God goes, would you plow the field? So when I send the rain and the blessing, it doesn't all run off. Sometimes there's things we have to do to get ready. Josh Axine, one of our elders, sent me this quote last week. It'll be up here on the screen. Sometimes we are waiting for God to do something, and God is waiting on us to do the something we've already been told. There might be some things in your life, in your marriage, with your money, with your finances. It might be for some of you to become a Christian today. You've been toying around with this and considering it and exploring faith and spirituality. It's time to step over that line and say yes to Jesus today because God wants to do something great in your life that you're holding back going, well, I'm not sure I'm ready. Look, look around at me for a second. If you're not yet a Christian, you're never going to be ready. If you can be ready to be a Christian, Jesus was a joke and a waste of time. Nobody's ever ready for this. At some point you go, I'm, just, I'm jumping in to see what God wants to do there. It might be to join one of our small groups. It might be in your marriage to get some counseling, to get some help there. It might be for those of my, my single friends out there, you're waiting for Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright to come along. And if God sent them to you right now, they would run kicking and screaming because you're not ready for them right now. you got some stuff you got to deal with. So deal with some of that stuff. Don't just sit back and just wait for God to go and then get ready because when God sends it, you won't be ready to receive it when he wants to do it. Guys, for us as a church here, here on, on this weekend, we want to be ready for what God wants to do. We want to expand our capacity to pull up the tent stakes and get ready for what God wants us to do to reach and serve more of all kinds of people. Uh, and so take some notes on this today. The things up here on the screen, put some dates down here. The first thing we're going to do to expand our capacity is on March the 8th. It's a Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. It's a day of prayer. We're going to break down the doors. We're going to pound on the doors of heaven until we break them. We're going to pray like crazy for that. We did this probably four or five months ago. It was beautiful and amazing. A bunch of you guys showed up for that. I want to get all of you guys to show up for this. Stay, stay for 10 minutes. Stay for an hour. Stay for, some people stayed for hours. Some people just got in here, got out because of work and family commitments. But be here that day. You can join us online and digitally as well if you want to do that. But be here that day to pray and talk to God about what God wants to do in the people's lives here and in our church collectively as we step out there. We also need all of you right now to park far away and sit close. Our parking right now, we have some challenging issues with parking. So in order to make things work here, uh, don't take the best parking. The best parking is the stuff closest here, especially right here in the right across the plaza here. That's for, uh, for, for visitors, for first-time guests, for people like moms especially with little kids out there. And then if you have health issues or whatever where you need to park, you can't park that far away, everybody else should park as far away as you can. We got, I was watching people, uh, Lance and Susan, come all the way across the street. I'm directionally challenged over here. Over here, back over there walking across two parking lots and across the street to get here. Guys, as we do that, then we're saying, hey, we want to reach more people here. So as you do that, I also encourage you to do the best that you can to sit close, which means to sit in front of the black poles here in the house. Now, if you're sitting behind those today, you're not a terrible Christian. <laughs> unless you do it next week. Um, <laughs> but, but no, guys, because here's what happens. 
Uh, we had, I, I'm not going to point them out, but brand new people here today. And they showed up here. The seats were all full, especially with the kids all in here. No place to sit. And guys, sometimes the best seats in the house are the back. Everyone wants to sit in the back. Down front, there's always kinds of seats. But you know how it is. You walk into some new place here. And you get here late, and the guys up here doing the announcements and the welcome and vision and stuff, you have to walk down here and go, hey, everybody, here we go. So leave the best seats for people that are newer here. Park far away and sit close uh, to have all that happen. Guys, we want to see our Saturday night service to increase options and increase capacity for what God wants to do here is uh, to have people come out on Saturday nights. Now, right now, as far as we know, we're the only church within about 20 or 30 miles of here that is doing a Saturday night service. Some of you should come try it out sometime, create some space in here for us on Sunday morning. But it'd also be a good thing for those people who work on Sundays, who have kids, who are running your lives right now through youth sports and club sports and all that, have a lot of things like come on Saturday nights. It, it creates space. So spread the word about Saturday night. We're going to do some things strategically to, to get the word out with that, social media and mail and those kind of things. I want to see Saturday grow because uh, there's plenty of seats in here right now on Saturday night. We're also going to, on Sunday morning, April the 28th, we're going to start a 9 a.m. service here. Our new service time on Sunday morning on April 28th, 9 and 1045. The reason we're doing that, guys, look around the room right now. Look around, seriously. We are full right now. Once you get to a place of being like right now, we're probably 80, 90% full. They, they tell you with people who, who study this kind of stuff, group dynamics, whether it's churches or schools or whatever, once you get past 75 to 80% full, you're full. You're not going to grow any more than that. That's all you're going to be able to do. So in order for us to do this, uh, we need to expand some options there and be able to show up here at 9 a.m. and 1045 on, Saturday, uh, on Sunday mornings. Now, in order to do all this, to see Saturday grow and reach more and more of all kinds of people, to see marriages saved and transformed, see people come to Christ and get baptized, to launch a second service and see all those kind of things happen there as well. We, we've run the numbers on this. We need 49 people to either jump in for the first time to serve or maybe you're already serving somewhere else and you could also jump in here at least for a while and just try something. We're not saying you have to sign up forever and ever. Just try it. The way it works here at Crosspoint is you're on two weeks on, two weekends off. We need people on our, uh, that you'll see on the back of your connection card today as well as on the app that Grant told you about. If you don't have the app yet, get on our free Wi-Fi, download it right now. There's a, there's a place there where you can see the places we need you to serve and to jump in. Um, we need about 20, 25 people to, for our weekend teams that have to do with uh, setup and teardown people, people that do the first impressions, greeters out in the plaza, people that are hosts, people that get communion and coffee and things like that, right? people in the band. If you play the drums or guitar, Electric guitar right now. We could use you like crazy right now. Tech people back in the back, in the booth back there. People in the broadcast room back there. All kinds of stuff like that and more. Make sure I didn't make anybody mad on my team because I forgot to mention them. Um, all those more. We also need help in children's ministry with our, with our kids. Uh, birth through fifth grade. Um, last weekend, oh, we need about 20, 25 people there. Last weekend was holiday weekend. And because it was a holiday weekend, uh, they were, we were running skeleton crews already, and then we were really a skeleton crews because a few families were gone for the holiday weekend. They got so desperate. We, it, was, it was bad. The person and people we had to get serving there. Take a look who we had to have serving there last weekend. Is it coming? 
Oh, shoot, it's there, yeah? No? Wait for it. Wait for it. It's frozen. Go back. Do we have it? We can't have it? All right. Here's the crazy story. It was me back in there last week, and we had fun pictures of it. It was me back in there last weekend, and uh, I'm telling you right now, I did it because, hey, we need people right there. And guys, I was like, okay, I'll get back to the kids, but I wasn't like, oh, awesome, we can move the kids. And yeah, I got back in there with those kids. There we go. There we go. Having a blast in there with the kids. And I'm telling you right now, when you get to work with those kids, you're helping fill a need, but I'm telling you, you'll walk out fulfilled in that classroom with those children. Uh, this. It reminded me of, of, of a kid I know. At, at, he was seven years old at Trinity Baptist Church in Sunnyvale, California, and had a teacher, people that just helped out there. I don't remember, remember that guy's name because it was me. And at seven years old, just bowed my head and asked Jesus into my heart. Probably didn't completely understand it yet. A lot of that got worked out in the days and weeks and years and stuff ahead. But who could have thought that, that teacher there, whoever his name is, Mr. Rayburn or whatever his name is, was. Never could have known that 55 years later, that kid here at a church, being a pastor, helping all kinds of people discover and follow Jesus. You never get to know the difference your life will make. In some, you'll make a difference in somebody else's life, and here's what you'll discover. You'll discover it made a difference in your life. You'll think you're filling a need. You will walk out of there fulfilled yourself. So I'm telling you right now, on the back of your connection card, there's a place for you to jump in to serve for weekend teams, for children's ministry teams. I want to encourage you to jump in on one of those teams and help us out there. We don't have... We don't grow team members in the, in the wash out there across the plaza out here. We can't just go get people out of there and say, hey, come in and help us. We need you, want you to join that team and jump in there and discover that it's not just about meeting a need. It's about changing a life, and perhaps the life that will be changed will be yours. So jump into one of those teams. As we're going to add uh, to, to create options here to uh, increase our capacity to reach more and more of all kinds of people. We have our small groups that we do. Most of them are based on like the weekend service. We study the Bible together. We pray together. Just do life together. We're going to add some specialty focus kind of groups to meet particular needs, particular challenges, even exciting opportunities to help train and equip you. So stay tuned for those. Those will be coming out there. We're also going to do some compelling campus improvements. We're going to do some things with taking care of some rooms, some things here in the auditorium, some things in our middle school room, some things in our backyard back there with the kids' ministry area back there, things in our plaza out here, all that and more on April the 6th. We're going to do do a big, huge work day kind of a thing here. Get a bunch of you out here with specialty skills and equipment. Those of you that have some skills and equipment there, be awesome. Those of you that just want to show up here and put me in, coach, help me do, I can clean something, paint something, rerun wires, take ceiling tiles off and change those kind of things off. We're going to do that. Uh, stay tuned for that. We'll get signups going for that in the next few weeks on April the 6th. All that and more we're going to be doing to create a kind of place where more and more of all kinds of people want to come and discover and follow Jesus. And then... Put it up on the screen, that operation chair. We are 
out of chairs here when it comes to having enough chairs to help have people. And again, you can look around here and go, there's one here and there. We can't pick up those three chairs and move them to the back when new people come in. Uh, we've been out of them for a while, not having quite enough to meet the needs of our growing church. We also are at a place where the chairs we do have, when we got them 10, 15 years ago, they're already 10 or 15 years old. A lot of them are, are breaking. Some of you are sitting around them and going, yeah, some of them are not so comfortable because they have had too many people sit on too many times and you kind of go through the middle sometimes. Some of them are a little grimy and whatever. It's just time for us, we feel like, to get the chairs that we need to meet the needs of our growing church. In order to do that, this is Operation Chair, which we're asking you to take this challenge to fund a chair and change a life. The chairs are $90 a piece is what it costs to get these chairs. Asking you to take on that challenge. You can do this uh, on the app today. It's there. It's also on our website on the give section there to fund a chair. A chair for you, a chair for you, your family. Maybe it's fund a few chairs. Maybe it's fund a whole row. Some of you might have the ability to do that. We're asking you to just say, hey, could we jump in with that? We've got to get about 330 of these chairs to help uh, increase the capacity here to reach the, peop the people that God wants to send us. So encourage you to consider that. Guys, we do all this. We do all this. A Saturday night service, a second Sunday morning service now, increasing options on our campus, uh, increasing options with our small groups, getting chairs and all that to help more and more of all kinds of people discover and follow Jesus. It's not about chairs. It's about people who sit in those chairs whose lives are changed, which means that for you, your time and your talent make a difference in somebody's life here at this kingdom outpost called Crosspoint Church. The, the, the money that you give and invest here makes a difference here in somebody's life. The, the dollars that you give, the, the, the people, the, the prayers that you pray make a difference. In this annual report vision booklet, there's a page in there you want to, it folds open right in the middle here. We, at Crosspoint, we have both the longest business meetings and the shortest business meetings of the year. We're about to do our business meeting. It takes about three minutes. We've given you the last two or three weeks to look at the budget, look at the elders. We have to vote based on how our church governance works on our elders and our budget. When it comes to our elders, elders are the people who oversee the big picture vision, values, and strategy and doctrine of our church. They, they provide protection for us, servant leadership for us. They help keep us on track. They oversee the staff and make sure our staff stays on track. And they check, put me in check, probably four times a year to say, hey, you're being a moron again. Knock it off. Uh, those kind of things. So you get to vote on them today. Grant and Maggie Bell, come on up here. Grant and Maggie Bell have been part of our church for for many years now. Maggie has been on our children's ministry team as a director for about seven years. Grant has been on our elder team the past several years. Grant's name is not in the book this year. It's not because we're mad at him. He didn't do anything wrong. None of that kind of stuff. Well, the, thing, the dumb thing he's doing wrong is moving to Arizona. <laughs> they, saw, they got prayer, guidance, uh, felt like for their family and work and all kinds of stuff. We're not going to go into the details. But you can ask them afterwards today if you want. But guys, we are so grateful for you for the investment you have made here. Give him a hand. Yeah. What you guys have done here, what you've done here has left an imprint, an impact, not just to get us to where we are right now, but long after 
Who in their right mind would move there? But I get it. God's leading you to do it. It must be God because nobody in their right mind would move to Arizona. <laughs> no, I'm just having fun today. But long as you move there, your impact will, will, will continue here in the lives and people that are here. So, guys, we're so grateful you. Thank you. Give them a hand again. We're also going to give you a chance to vote on the budget that's in the, that, was, that we submitted to you there. And here at Crosspoint, you don't just vote with a check mark. You vote with your checkbook. So when you say yes to the budget, you're saying yes to saying, God, we're going to honor God by investing, by giving our money away that honors God, giving off the top our first and our best. Many of you, many of you are already doing that. Spike the ball, high five, awesome and amazing. Uh, some of you right now, for all kinds of reasons that I don't know about, aren't yet doing that. We're encouraging you to take that next step and jump in. Just, just get in the shallow end with us for a bit and see what it's like. And then some of you are in the shallow end. You're, you're giving to God. But you go, look, the truth is we're probably not at that level of like where we're like tithing and d- doing that kind of thing. So maybe God's asking you to jump a little further in. Just to jump a little further in perhaps in that. Just whatever God's asking you to do, guys, we do all this with our elders, with our budget, with serving and all that to make a difference in people's lives. We're going to give you a chance today to vote. Uh, We're not going to pass the blue buckets through at the end of the service today. Scattered around the room right now, you'll see ballot boxes. Uh, We are never going to be a political church, but we just had fun with this today. You're going to take your connection card where you vote on the budget, the elders, and we're going to tell us where you're going to serve here what team you're going to jump into on the back of the connection card. You can also do it on your app today. I already did it. As you go there, what you're going to do is drop that ballot there. You take your, you're going to get up here. The band's going to play some fun, high-energy music, and you're going to go to that place and drop that ballot there or show you show the, the app. And then you're going to get a little sticker that says on it, let's see. The I voted. We're saying let's see. And when we're saying this today, Feel the approval, feel the vibrancy, the excitement of God where he's saying, hey, you think this has been good so far? You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing. Feel the approval of God that goes, way to go, I'm so proud of you. Because what we're going to say today is cross point, forget about the past. Let's see, let's see, let's see what God's going to do. So now is your time to get up, move around the room, start dropping those ballots everywhere. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. For more resources, check out go to crosspoint.com.